Who talks first? It's always me. I always talk first. Do you? I feel like yes, because you you're like content with you're like I'm fine. I don't need to say anything. <laughs> I don't need to say anything. <laughs> yeah, no. You go it's the whole all segment great. and just at the end. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So hi, Andy. <laughs> so hello. Good afternoon, Anna. Good evening. Cheers. And Cheers. These Fabulous lovely, little glasses. Lovely little glasses here with our fabulous. Uh, 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 like we got to start with the drink, right? You have to. Yeah. Um. I this week I made us a Manhattan, but instead of bourbon or rye, I chose to use a sour mash whiskey, which is by Michter's. Um, it's a small batch because I like personally a more caramely kind of taste if I'm going to be drinking mm-hmm. whiskey. And this one definitely fits the bill on that yeah. for sure. Um, I used Dolan Sweet Vermouth, which if you watch our video, uh, you will see that I use the Dolan. That's like a mid-range decent vermouth. Um, most people go with like a Martini and Rossi or like the Noli Pratt or, you know, just or there's also like an an- Antica like one that's a little more expensive but um this one was antica yeah it's like antica something or not antifa no like anti antica i okay. believe and then i i forget there's another word after that so got um, conspiracy theorists that one's be all a, over that it's a really nice <laughs> one um it's french or it might be italian actually i am not obviously not too knowledgeable on my vermouths but I do know that I wanted to go a little bit better than like the bottom of the barrel of right. vermouth. So that's why I chose the like kind of mid-range one. Um, and then I found recently a lot of classic cocktails that call for vermouth. Hmm. So um, you will be my guinea pig hopefully on those since we have a whole bottle of it now. Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, and um, this all kind of started because we got some the traditional Angostura bitters like from mover and shaker company i ordered a t-shirt from them that's like a negroni t-shirt and with the purchase of any shirt you got a free or a bottle of angostura bitters for a dollar which is nice a crazy good deal a wicked good deal i mean since i'm trying not to say that word (laughs) um and then of course andy smashing good deal a smashing good deal andy gifted me like around Valentine's Day slash my birthday time, um, a bottle of them fancy Luxardo cherries. And that was all. Well, <laughs> that, was, well that was all I gave It was you. a surprise. <laughs> um, after we had spoken with Raph and Amy about their Luxardo cherries, Andy was like, I'm going to surprise her with these. And mm. like, I want to say the cherries is why I wanted to make this drink. Yeah. But anyway, we haven't tried it yet. We so cheers again. Did we cheers. Yeah, we cheers. Again. We did, but then I jabber jawed. Get into this. Jabber jawed. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Other than like a straw taste as a bartender, I have never had one of these before. Really? So I hope I did it justice. I I am not sure if I've had one before. <laughs> uh, if I did, I was in a state where I. You know, was maybe not paying attention to detail, so it's probably uh, good that I am lucid and able to appreciate the yeah um, layers of this fine cocktail. We just before we made the video today, we just had like a little teeny tiny sip of the sour mash to try it because we hadn't had that kind before. Mm-hmm. Lovely, yummy. I could just drink that. Yep. So, um, since we are kind of lushes a little bit um in like a totally healthy i could stop at any time sort of way Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) i made us a backup drink of an old-fashioned because i had this amazing blood orange that my friend grew on a tree and gave me like a bunch of them at work and or gave like us the bartenders at work a bag full and so i took this home and was like what am i going to do with this and then today i was like bing like light bulb over the head Backup old fashioned. So we're doing Whiskey Wednesday. It is Whiskey Wednesday. The right way. 
That was hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you wish you were here for Whiskey Wednesday? Because I my my. <laughs> oh no! My mouth wanted it's, to go. It's whiskey, over now. Whiskey Wednesday, the White Way. Oh yeah. <laughs> because do it, it the it White just... Way. Oh, uh, that's but awful. Then that would have been I don't, that, that little kid been... baby talk. Nah. <laughs> oh. Like the Zach Galifianakis, the five-year-old with a beard. Yeah, but beard hurts. <laughs> yeah, beard I think hurts. I feel like that's like you've been focused on that a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's been I, in your head. Yeah. Well, um, I, yeah, that's pretty much that. That was it for the drink this week. I am very excited to share that classic with everybody because it's such yes. an easy, simple. It's like the easiest recipe in the world to remember. Um, the video, yeah, the video will be, will be up. Um, we've gotten some good, um, some good response from the people who are liking the video. So, yeah. Um, thanks by the way, everyone. Um, thank you also to anyone that has called me or texted me to show appreciation for the videos and give critiques because, um, I love interacting with you. I really I got a phone call from a friend last night and we talked for a little while and she was just heaping praise upon us for mm-hmm. these videos that we're doing. So um, hopefully it'll teach some people some things. Yes. And I mean, of course, ask questions, too, if I'm a little too vague, because sometimes I forget not everybody knows all the stuff that I know necessarily in my head. I gloss over things. No, I think. You're very thorough and detailed. Okay. I, I mean, it's not so. what would be a terrible video would be me trying to make something out of whatever's in the fridge and, you know, whatever, like, like bargain. Your, your poor man's margaritas. Like the, yeah. yeah. The, uh, we need to do that, Andy, <laughs> for April Fool's Day. <laughs> we should say, we, we should say something other than, than poor, um, you know, so as not to. Oh yeah, okay. Um, for it, for the, the parlance of our times. Yeah, let's not give that a negative connotation. So, maybe just a, a common household margarita, yeah, a kitchen sink margarita. <laughs> well, I don't put everything in it. Just whatever. The, I guess the closest thing to yeah. what would be lemon, lime, citrus, something <laughs> or other. So high C. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Speaking of high C, McDonald's drink. is bringing back their I high C. That. That's exciting. And Lots. did you know that that is the was the or now will be again? I think the soft drink with the highest sugar content per serving, so even higher than Coca Cola and Dr Pepper and Hawaiian Punch. Apparently, it's right up there with Hawaiian Punch. I used to like Hawaiian Punch when I was hungover. And it's delicious, but um, but I, I would always water it down. Yeah. Yeah. With booze. No, no, oh. like with water. <laughs> I'm like, that's what we would, do. you know, we'd make. The, a restaurant that I used to work in had it on like the gun. Trash can punch. Or yeah. like a like a soda machine. So I would drink that when I would come in after a fun night. Um, I remember one, one of my gatherings and my, my roommates and I gatherings in college, a friend of ours that worked at the, the CD store um, brought his homemade punch that I don't know he made in a bathtub or who knows what jungle juice. But he uh, he brought him in, emptied out you know plastic milk jugs. Oh, that's great. So he and he was a um, he was not into let's say crisp appearances. So. Whatever works, man. Yeah. No. And I just say that, but it's just, you know, this person to show up at your doorstep carrying two jugs of <laughs> reddish purple. Formerly liquid. milk jugs. And he's like, you got to try this. It's great. I hope okay. you. I hope you were like, and then you were like, nice jugs. Uh, I wasn't that clever. No, I know. I was like, it was. I need to mid- drink some more clever juice. It was it was the mid '90s, so it was uh you know it was the winter of our discontent and grunge and all that. So I was like, mm, I don't care, whatever. 
I'll just drink it. Fuck it. Doesn't matter anyway, right? It's all bullshit. <laughs> the winter of our discontent. <laughs> Isn't that what they say in Reality Bites? Uh, yeah, something like that. On uh, the, the answering answer machine. machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, That's wow. also from Richard III by Shakespeare, which I was in. I didn't once. see the first two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Well, let's... Well, let's... Uh, let's take a breaky break. Yeah, and uh, get into some more trouble. Yep. Trouble. More whiskey. This is like maybe a different kind of way that it's going to... We'll see if our personalities are any different than what we normally drink. I hope I'm more refined. I feel like I hope I'm more rough around the edges. I might go the other direction too, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Oh. All right, we'll see. <laughs> you win this round, Eddie Kitara. <laughs> Having a staring contest to see who would talk first. Yeah, I'm the I'm the reigning champion. <laughs> I bested Dottie the other night. Yo, yo, you did. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that was like that was yesterday. Yeah, that the was other amazing. night. The yesterday. other night. I've been doing that a lot lately. Like the other day, and it was this morning. <laughs> I feel like, but that's been happening because, like, this morning was completely different weather than it is right now. So it feels like a different day. There's a lot of similarities between symptoms of, of like, UFO abduction and just now, I guess, <laughs> living through a pandemic. Like, Never knowing time. what day it is or yeah. date. Or I tend to always know what day of the week it is, but almost never what the date is. Unless I'm working. The date? Date. Uh. I know that the weekday, but not the date. And I have to, I, that's something I have to reference often, either on my uh, cellular telephone or my watch or something. Mm -hmm. And now that I have a smartwatch, I can look at that. Yeah. Um. So uh, this week, was the um, Golden Globe Awards. Right. Which we watched separately, I guess, because you were working. I didn't actually get to watch it. I oh, ended you up, haven't watched it. I just it, saw, so. like, I saw, like, highlights mm. on the interwebs. It was interesting. Um, just, of course, of course just, I looked up the fashion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I always. And that's, that's, uh, that's, like, the know, first thing I do, like, hashtags Golden Globes fashion. I'm sure you've picked up on some of the the main storylines and yeah. comments from from what went on. Correct. It was just really interesting if you all had a had, had a chance to watch it because it's you know it was uh, like a virtual. Well, they had some people in attendance, but it was social distance. I think I believe they were first responders that got mm. to attend, so they didn't have you know this the drunk celebrities. <laughs> no star power. Yeah. Um, but they tried to do it in but that they were still superstars. two locations, one in L.A., one in New York. Uh, right. Like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler right. hosted from separate cities, which and, is pretty cool. I mean, they, they did a great job, but oh God, it's so tough to just co-host in general because you rely so much on the vibe. Yeah. And then bouncing, bouncing yeah. off of each other. And, and when you're not physically there, uh, it was... Th there were well, they're like there BFFs in real yeah. life, right? So they they got it. But uh, but there were some like technical hiccups, and it didn't. I see. It was not as smooth a production as it was. But I think the uh, the bigger or one of the bigger biggest stories was just how um, a lot of a lot of the um, people were calling out the Hollywood Foreign Press Association mm -hmm. for for lack of diversity and not having any black members so several um several celebrities um sasha baron cohen sasha baron cohen rosamund pike i don't know who else um yeah but well, it TFA was tfa obviously did yeah they they had some some jokes in there so i thought that was important it was interesting the um <laughs> i guess some of the winners like i was i was surprised that uh, Borat won the comedy. Yeah, what up film. with that? 
It was okay. No. Yeah, I just. I mean, it definitely had a message, but it was lost on a lot of people who took it too literally. I don't know. It, it the whole thing with that. It. I mean, of course, I get the the intent and the humor that's behind it, but I di- I just didn't even think it was as funny as the first time. You know, mm-hmm. the first time it just felt like a lot of sort of rehashing and 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 pushing the the boundary in terms of you know because the point is to make people feel uncomfortable and expose them for their their insecurities which absolutely but at the end of it i didn't feel that the people he he was exposing were uncomfortable with they were like proud of their shitty actions right and so i think that 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 to me didn't have like the resonance of the first borat movie right because they, they like were like, no, I'm fine with guard. being a dick. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with being a racist. Like, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. And it's like, that's such a reflection on like, I mean, you know. I mean, it's like important. the Trumpian era. Well, yeah. And I think uh, especially now, like we, we not only have seen and have, have, um, have revealed the people that that are blatantly, you know, misogynistic, homophobic, um, racist, dot, 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 dot. Et cetera, but, right? Yeah. But also it's magnified the people that won't call it out or won't say anything about it. And even if these, the like the subjects in this film, uh, even if they're not, um, you know, down with the, some of the, mm-hmm. the, like the misogyny and the right. treatment of women and all that, they sure as shit didn't speak up about it. They just, you know, they smiled, they high fived, yeah, the characters. And and again, I get the point. Like yeah, we're supposed we are not to, those people though. You and me, we we're speak supposed up. to be like, ha ha ha, look at it. You know, he's making fun of, he's making fun of people that treat women like shit. But, but like nobody, nobody tried to help that girl. Right. Yeah. And the people like at the beginning of the movie that recognize him in in his Borat costume um, were, were the type of people that will, st- you know, that think those jokes are funny and perpetuate the the all the things that are wrong with that. So it's not that they are defenders of um, women's rights or anything like that. They think it's hilarious that the movie makes fun of of women and yeah. degrades them and they are right on board with any misogynistic joke and you know when their buddies are joking about it they'll laugh and will not say a word of it because they don't believe it's bad they believe it's it's a joke anyway um that made me think of a post that i did earlier in the week on my personal facebook page that um originally is from Todd Nisloni um, at Tech Ninja Todd that says, make sure your circle includes people who will tell you, no, are you sure? Have you thought about it this way? That was inappropriate. And like that made me think of that because you and I get a lot of flack for being people who do that. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of people being like, oh, you're PC police or, you know, you know, it's not hurting anyone that's here. Why can't I just say the R word or things like that? Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, I I have learned in my own life and my own, I hate to say like this cliche word, but my own journey to not let stuff like that slide anymore. And to be the person that I want to be, I can't let it go. So, I mean, there's a time and a place. I'm not going to say anything when I'm working or anything like that. But in my actual friend life no i'm not gonna let you say anything that is harmful to marginalized people or and then it's because because it's become so normalized that a lot of people are asking what's the big deal because it's normalized and in reality the the converse should be normalized like you should not be speaking that way about people um and it kind of in a more 
flippant manner uh what i was mentioning to my coworkers earlier is you know normalizing like saying i don't want to in response Instead to an of invitation giving excuses yeah yeah because we're just we're taught to be polite and we won't hurt people's feelings and you know, say things like, like oh i don't know we, i have i have a work thing or you know i might not be able to get out in time or something like that instead of just i i don't want to go to that i um i learned that about you like very early on in our relationship <laughs> and i had to teach myself not to have hurt feelings by that by you just like setting boundaries and being honest about not wanting to go to my stupid work function you know mm-hmm. um so the the end of the tweet is like exactly what we're talking about uh, we have to have people in our circles who will push back, challenge, and therein make us better, all from a p- place of love. So that's that's the whole idea, right? It's like bettering yourself and like behaving in your life in a way that's not harmful to others. I witnessed a conversation between um, two, two customers at my work, um, both of whom I know, um, and the... One person, um, she was saying, I don't appreciate when you use this type of language around me. And they were saying, oh, well, you need to grow a thicker skin if you want to hang out with us. And like to me, she was visibly uncomfortable. She was like ready to leave. She did Mm -hmm. end up leaving. But it was to me, it wasn't her it was her setting a boundary and saying like, this is what I'm okay with and this is what I'm not and what you're doing right now. I'm not okay with. And they were just kind of being brushing it off. Like, Oh, she's just so sensitive. And I think that speaks to a bigger issue with those that are benefiting from the power structures that exist is that absolutely when, when grievances and complaints are brought to them, it's, it's up to, the complainer if you will um to you know in other words that what they believe doing what they believe is right is less important than the comfortability of the you know the person that it's brought to so um you know in in that case in that situation they didn't want to have to conform to her standards Right. She oh, was the I one mean, that needed to, yeah, to adapt and modify. And that's what we're constantly asking people to do, to take a joke, to be less sensitive. Right. To, um, not only does that not get so worked me, up about things, don't be so emotional. But like witnessing that and they were like, right, Anna? And I was like, no, mm-hmm. she set a boundary with you and you need to be respectful of that. But it was also like. I was really busy at the time and did not have time to discuss this with them. But they were like, you know, trying to get me on their side. And I was like, absolutely not. No, she's right. <laughs> yeah. She wins this one. Sorry. Well, Sorry, good. dudes. I'm glad you you spoke up. And Well, I mean, as much as I could when I was busy running food and making sure. drinks and all that and like pouring beers. But and that I try to do that as I let her know when that I was on possible and when appropriate. And um I like to think that that's something that I'm getting better at. It's not it's not perfect and I don't always speak up, but I'm doing that a little more frequently. I guess perfect society. I don't know. I don't even know what what that would be like. Um speaking I would, of I would perfect, never Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say I've got a story for you about perfect societies. Oh, okay. But I would love know, to con- like a continue, utopia. Continue. Uh yeah, if you will. Okay, I will. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, How let's many pause. quote unquotes is Andy going to say today? That's a, that's oh, a perfect know. society. Should, that should be a shot game. <laughs> it should be. Take yeah, a shot that's every time. The homebound happy and every time hour. Anna says, anyways. Anyways, and quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember where I started in this um rabbit hole and how i came upon this obviously i saw something and either something online something we were watching and uh i started going into different parallels and thought of the town 
that Disney started, uh, which was an actual like town, like a planned, uh, although they don't call it a planned community, they call it an imagineered community. Of course they do. Because Disney does stuff like that all the time. Like Seaport um, Village here in San Diego. And so I decided to look up what happened to Celebration Florida. Oh. So celebrate celebration, good times. Come on. Celebration Florida was uh, Disney's, like I said, imagineered, to use their word, um, planned basically... I'm reluctant to use the term utopia, but it was, I guess, what Disney would envision as a perfect town. Uh, They announced plans in 1994. Oh, that recently? And uh, it was supposed to be like a town of 10,000 people. And they had... uh, It was was probably what, what you would expect a Disney planned community to, to look like. And, uh, of course, you know, whenever, um, anyone has an idea to start a utopia, uh, nothing ever goes <laughs> wrong. Right. I mean, it always goes according to plan and yeah, <laughs> everyone's happy. Um, so if you've listeners, if you visited a Disney theme park at any point in time, um, it's really, to me, it's really impressive. The older, when you go there when you're older, uh, you know, when you're a kid, when you're young, it's everything's you know, magic. Anyway. Wonderful environment. Anyway, count one. Ah, but when you reach a certain age, you start to notice things in the amount of detail and meticulous planning. Almost. It, I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but OCD type of um planning execution design everything detail oriented but it is amazing like what they have done with that part everything from the you know light switches to the the like the grates Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i mean just this if you haven't noticed it before really is something if we ever get to go to all the theme parks have that yeah right so universal is like that in the hogwarts area you can probably imagine what if if these same people were in charge, uh, and uh, uh, get, I understand it's not the same people, but um, if they were like, "Hey, build us a town," like what that would be like. Um, Is it a Disney themed town, so or they like? Did, well, it, I don't know anything about this except for like. It wasn't like a Disney themed. Pa- they had they had very specific um, requirements. And architecture and style is definitely planned. It wasn't supposed to look like a theme park, but it was definitely supposed to represent like a a perfect all American town. Like they had very um, so only white people lived there. Well, that's Disney... that's one of the things is that they they sold it on it being diverse and being super friendly, and your kids will grow up playing together, your neighbors and all that stuff. But it was still like eighty percent. Uh, white when they uh, I mean when the people finally started living there but the people that actually go to like Disneyland and Disney World are like mostly it it was designed to look like if you've ever been gun Universal Studios tour like the Wisteria Lane that very mm-hmm. almost almost the uh, Edward Scissorhands manicured lawns different colored homes yeah, where everything is perfect but if you're there in person, something's wrong. Yeah. yeah, it's very, it's very creepy. Uh, but of course, you know, plenty of people ate that shit up and wanted to be involved with that. So I think they started with an initial like 447 homes uh, that they had a lottery for um, people to to be able to to buy. How did uh, I miss this in the 90s? So I don't, well, again, this was the mid 90s. So I was like, it's all bullshit. Whatever, fuck it. <laughs> um <laughs> major label brand name shit sucks. <laughs> Send me my Doc Martins. Send me my Doc Martins because <laughs> labels suck. Anyway. Yeah. Um <laughs> I know and I mean So Creek they had is... they had six different models of houses. Uh most of them had wide porches, like you said, big yards, manicured yards. Uh, and they were either painted white, yellow, pink, tan, or blue. Tan? 
How boring. Um, they had they were only allowed to plant certain plants. What? Um, everyone. So the driveways and trash cans were in alleys behind the houses, so you didn't have any of that unsightliness, uh, which is not that weird. I How mean, dare you be of, real? Um, and they were only allowed to use certain drape colors. Jeez. Um, it's like the most meticulous HOA of all time. Well, I was going to say, is like this isn't, when I first started looking at this, I'm like, this isn't that different from some homeowners association places where, you know, they measure the size of the mailbox and stuff like that. Uh, but they also incorporated things like they had speakers where they would play like elevator music uh, and in emanating from trees like in the community and in certain places of town and they That's have fucking weird like, artificial bird sounds going on all the time just so it would have that that, that homey snow feel. white sort of right. uh they put fake snow on their rooftops in winter hmm. um and you know whatever so it was a it was a self-sustaining community they had businesses uh they had a school uh, the hospital, but I guess due to the strict demands of the design uh, and then the quick turnaround that the builders had to, you know, had to adhere to to get everything up and running, there were some design flaws and there's, you know, like roofs, roofs were not holding up. And oh. so it, uh, it, yeah kind of turned into a big mess. The school was kind of supposed to be this weird progressive school where like a charter school instead of, yeah, <laughs> instead of like a, you know, a classroom with a teacher and maybe like 20, 25 students, they would have a big classroom with 80 kids and like three teachers. And a lot of parents huh. just eventually pull their kids out because they're like that they're nothing is nothing is being, um, nothing is being taught or learned getting a better education now during covid probably right um so anyway it kind of didn't ah. really didn't really hold up that was your term i know and in 1998 four years after that um there was a an armed home invasion oh and uh you know, so that kind of started that, and in in 2010, uh, there was actually a murder that occurred. Um, a resident was found strangled and bludgeoned to death, um, in his bed. By whom? Well, it says that uh, this person uh, was killed by a. Let's see. I don't know who this person was, but the the deceased uh, was a posthumously accused uh, pedophile who was oh, a teacher living there in celebration, right. in Florida. And so the the person that was convicted of of the murder said that this person tried to um, rape him when he came to his house, um, asking to wash his car for money. So then he reacted to the alleged sexual assault by strangling him and then hacking him to pieces with an axe. Huh. Um, and there's also something just uh, a few, um, like a couple miles south of Celebration uh, that became known as the Death Pond. So... Oh. What... <laughs> So what, basically there's a road that uh, that leads, I don't know, either toward or away from this pond where if you take a wrong turn, you get like the episode of The Office, like you end up like, in, in the, the pond. Lake. <laughs> and so there was, uh, there was a story about, um, about uh, 1998, there was some, some young lads uh, that were vacationing in Florida and mysteriously vanished. And nine months later, a four-wheel drive was found at the bottom of a lake with their decomposed bodies inside. Oh, shit. Um, they think that he just, you know, mis misjudged the turn, whatever, and lost control of the car. Um, That's a pretty severe 
like misjudgment. But there are rumors that during that, the police found at least four other cars in the pond. Oh my god! And so now it's uh, it's supposedly haunted. Of course, it's definitely haunted. Um, it was sold in 2004 to a New York company. The whole town or the pond? <laughs> the, the whole town. <laughs> um, but there are, you know, there's so many maintenance, um, ongoing, like shoddy workmanship issues with that. And just because of the way the, the housing crisis sort of, um, sort of uh, kind of, I, I guess there's still, it still exists. Um, without obviously an association to disney but it's it's not quite the sparkling community that it that it once was i um i can't imagine it would be yeah like i'm not really sure i want to say that in an episode of the office when uh andy was engaged to angela that they made a reference to moving to celebration florida but I'm not entirely sure I didn't have time to, to research that. Oh, we should watch that. Yeah. So anyway, that's the that's the tale of uh, the brief tale of uh, Celebration Florida. Wow. Um, there was a murder there in 2020 also. Oh, last year. Yes. Oh, well. I keep forgetting that it wasn't like two months ago. There's it been was, a murder. I, it was four t- there was a murder. No, it was like a, <laughs> a man who was a physical therapist like a rehabilitation therapist uh, for people that were injured. He um, killed his wife and children there. Yeah, pretty rough stuff. Um, Not the happiest place on earth. Yeah, certainly not. No. And, you know, (laughs) this is not a true crime podcast. Uh, But when you happen Um, upon interesting things. But yeah, like who's not fascinated by the grizzly murder. I try not to be. It's it's tough. It's I find this shit so interesting. Probably because I have no like uh impulses like that. I'm just like, what? This is this is this is what? You know. I'd be uh, thrilled to learn of any first hand um accounts or anecdotes that anyone may have who's maybe visited or knows someone who oh yeah um, has lived or visited Celebration yeah, Florida. Shoot us an email. Yeah. At homebound happy hour at gmail, please. So you're familiar with the term friend with benefits. Sure. Um there There's a movie called that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think some people subscribe to the idea of an enemy with benefits. Oh. And that actually makes more sense to them because the problem, as as is probably, I haven't seen it, but is probably um, portrayed in the film that it's difficult to stay just friends. Someone usually has some kind of an emotional connection mm-hmm. or something. Uh, so the converse of that, the enemies with benefits, is someone that you have no chance of establishing an emotional connection with because you mm-hmm. hate mm-hmm. them to the very fabric of their core. <laughs> uh, so there's no there's no risk of developing those uncomfortable uncomfortable feelings, those darn emotions. So uh, I mean, in both movies that came out around that time with the same subject matter, there's one no strings attached. And one friends with benefits, which is um, the one with uh, with uh, Natalie Portman. Um, I don't know the difference between the two. There's just <laughs> there's the one with Natalie Portman and Ashton and Kutcher, and then Kunis. one with Mila Kunis and JT. Funny enough, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. That's correct. Married now. So, uh, so how are JT and Natalie Portman not a couple? I know is what I want to know. I don't know. No, um, the universe is fucked up. I've seen one of them more than the other, but I don't know the difference in what they're called. I think the one I've seen a bunch is Friends with Benefits. I think that's the JT one Mm -hmm. with Mila Kunis, and that's it was like on, and it was just in the background while we were doing other stuff. And at one point, I was like 
why is Mila Kunis like such a terrible actor? Like, how is she like so popular? She's good at comedy, but she is not. She does not deliver her lines in a believable way to me. I don't. I kind of I don't I don't know that she's a bad actor. I think she just she just like plays herself. Her range, yeah, is. Oh, is a little bit narrower than. And then in than, Black Swan, her and Natalie Portman hookup. There is a lot of like uh, Inception shit going on yeah. with that that grouping of films. Yeah, that's a whole. Uh, that's a whole other deep dive. Some some red string that I need to put up <laughs> on a cork board somewhere to find all the connections. We should do. Uh, we should do. An Six degrees of Kevin on, Bacon. <laughs> well, that, um, but also the, because that that's common where you have two, two very similar movies with similar plot lines and similar titles come out about the same time. So, you know, like those two, and then there was like Armageddon and Deep Impact. Oh yeah. Uh, you know there there are a few examples that would be interesting to to revisit. It's like the whole. Uh, Dylan McDermott. Yeah, Dylan McDermott and Dermot Moroney. <laughs> yeah, sort of paradox. Yeah, um, there are. There's so many paradoxes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, now that our minds are collectively blown. <laughs> All right, so... In local news, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, we were just talking about how, um, you know, we had some pretty essential errands to run the other day. And I brought Andy for the first time to like one of my favorite local stores, which is Collins and Coop in North Park. Um, that sells like barware and bitters and syrups and uh, really cool vintage glasses and stuff like that. Yeah. Lots of uh, accoutrements. Yeah, so or... he got he got to see me like <laughs> hardcore geek out yeah. on bar tools. But it wasn't uh, it's not like a um exclusively professional Yeah, I think like place. you know, it's, it's like home for... bar and professional alike. I think that's that's even like their their sort of like tagline is like for everybody. Yeah. Kind of thing. If so... you've uh, noticed like on our our photos when we post drinks, um we we always get a lot of comments on the the glassware uh, that we use and stuff like that, and so uh, that is something that that is definitely available. Yeah, that's a place that I go to find unique glasses. Um, All kinds of glasses, like for every so type many. of, uh, and they're super friendly and helpful. So yeah, you know if you don't if you don't necessarily know which glass for which drink, for example, like I don't. Yeah, the proprietors will help you with that. Yeah. Um, you know, that all being said, you, as our listeners, are eligible for 15% off of yes. your entire purchase with them using the discount code HHH, which stands for Homebound Happy Hour. So you can go in the store, you can order local delivery, or you can order nationwide delivery and use that code for your purchase to get 15% off. So, we, you know, we would appreciate if you... Utilize that for any of your barware needs. And yeah. um, I will we'll post a link to the site, which is uh, collinsandcoop.square.site. Correct. And then, um, you know, pretty much, <laughs> you know, I'm going to continue to go in there and buy a bunch of glassware and stuff like that. They also have like a really cool selection of bitters and syrups. Yeah, there were some, uh, there were some very intriguing um, like mixers mm. and, um, flavorings that i that i would like to try i think the prices are super reasonable too considering the quality of the product Mm -hmm. of course you know i was in there like which spoon should i get because i'm me and i'm (laughs) overthinking everything i'm like do i want gold or gunmetal or black or silver (laughs) but i have rite aid brand whiskey (laughs) i have a plastic bottle of vodka (laughs) um no, the, uh, they're super knowledgeable and helpful with all of that. And they don't sell liquor, but everything you need for your home bar and or professional bar alike. Everything but the liquor. Everything but the liquor. 
So again, that's uh, discount code HHH as in homebound happy hour for 15% off your whole purchase from Collins and Coop. So um, I know we talked about watching the Golden Globes. We did. Um, but we, well, we, we saw a couple of the, like on the day that they were going to air, we saw a couple of the, the nominees. Um, but uh, what else have we been watching? Um, we watched a couple of movies. We watched um, Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a movie yes. loosely based on some of the goings on of the Black Panthers. Yes. And I believe uh, the actor, the lead, won, won the Golden Globe for... for. Was it Daniel Kaluuya? Yes. Yeah. For, uh, but thank you. Um, yeah. So you might know him from Get Out. Mm-hmm. He was the lead in that as well. Yes. I think the the acting work was stunning. The mood, the music, all of it really came together on that movie. It was a very, very complete um, film. I thought so. And what I mean by that is like it was it was like exceptional in all facets of it. So it it was acted well. It looked fantastic. The it writing sounded great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also watched. Black Bear with yes. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey, I almost said Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. <laughs> she you know. wishes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's like such a cool girl. She probably doesn't wish. Well, and She's like, I'm name, fine right? being me. Um, Audrey Hepburn. Not Aubrey. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Um, Audrey Hepburn. I felt like it was a really well done movie that there were a lot of still um, remaining questions at the end of like what's real yes. and what was imagined and what does it all mean? It's one of those that's in, it's uh, very deliberate in that it's in different parts or acts, if you will. Uh, and so it, it took me a good part into a good portion into the first part um where i was like what what what's actually going on yeah what am i watching here is this uh but but yeah very um very unique i think in terms of it's uh, it's one of those like we all kind of make our own Mm -hmm. idea of what we think it's it means or i mean there's even like a line later on that says this has all been some insane dream and i can agree with (laughs) with that after having completed the film definitely watch it it's visually stunning decent writing great acting i'd say better than decent writing i didn't think (laughs) (laughs) it's terrible writing no it was i mean it was fine acceptable writing but i think you know in some ways the the way that it was written was reflecting her as a writer mm-hmm. and like it was like purposely amateurish in some parts right just my intentionally opinion. yeah my yeah. opinion i don't know for sure um and then you know of course anyone's welcome to make their own determination of how they feel about it but the the most important i feel thing is that we have been re-watching including the movie what we do in the shadows yes and so we've talked about this before i you know i'm i'm surprised i haven't rewatched it just time and time and time again over and over again uh because it's it is it's hysterical it's such a hysterical show and it i don't know like i i can recognize sometimes when i i i come across things that are um maybe not necessarily everyone's cup of proverbial tea um for instance, like my my coworker sometimes will ask, "Oh, what do you want? Are you watching any new shows or whatever?" I I won't mention certain things to them mm-hmm. that I don't feel are, but it it is it is distinctive in that sort of um, you know non straightforward comedy. I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone, but if you start with watching the the film. Uh, which is uh, written and um, uh, created by uh, Jermaine Clement, who is from uh, Flight of the Concords, mm-hmm. uh, you might remember, and uh, Taika Waititi, who 
most recently did um, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, which was a also like a big film. part of the Marvel universe. He works on the Thor yes. movies too. Yeah, he, uh, he he's done quite a bit. Uh, they're they're from New Zealand, so so the reason I bring that up is because you know it has some of that quirkiness mm-hmm. to it. But uh, it's it's very clever. I mean the 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 comedic writing, timing, acting is is just is fantastic. So if you if you even caught a hint of flight of the concords and things like that this this will be um this will be very enjoyable for you to watch but the the series is the series is great and so if i think you can watch the series without having and watched the movie i mean there's some things you you'll appreciate more but um you know for one the the film is set in new zealand and um the series is set in in staten Staten island Island, yeah so (laughs) Um, great and it's definitely one of those that you want to revisit so you want to there's only two seasons right now they're they're both great Uh, so it's something you can watch and then watch again and then watch again because you you definitely pick up up new things things every time yeah some of the things that you um, and the guest stars are so awesome too like yes yeah like the amount of canon that is yeah referred to is is uh vampire canon yeah that yeah the first season vampire council i was like Mm -hmm. dying like that character and that character and that character and they're all from different things that Mm -hmm. you might love and remember nostalgically right like i did oh yeah something's very very dear to you and then there were like subtle references like to twilight (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know it's funny um but yeah like the humor is it's not like as on the nose as other humor. It's very like it sneaks up on you a little bit or like if you don't catch it the first time you watch it again, you might get it. That's in the subtext a lot, I think. Yeah, I love that. And uh, the off camera lines. Yeah. Lines sometimes oh, yeah. Are, are the funniest things in that. Yeah. And uh, and just the way they deliver mm-hmm. the lines. Here. It's it's great. Yeah. The um, acting talent they have is spectacular. Um, Yeah. So cool. I would definitely recommend that. I would too. Uh, anything? Anything else we want to? Um... No, I mean, other than next week, uh, we have something unique yes. and special planned. We've so got something we'll see. we're working on. Uh, we, we something we're cooking up. I don't want to give away too many I don't give away anything. in case it doesn't. Uh, you know. You know, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, things don't always go as planned, but right. we're hoping for the best. And, you know, we will hopefully see you next week with some some really fun yes. special guests. Uh, I'm going to finish this delicious old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much enjoying that. I'm Absolutely. Savor that. And then we can, you know, uh, watch what we do in the shadows again. <laughs> yeah, watch it again. <laughs> or find something new to watch. Uh, I guess, you know, with that, as always, the three B's. Yes. The most important. Especially if you're in Texas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Andy's home state. Be safe. Be smart. And be sanitary. Be sanitary. Wear a mask. Thank you for listening to Homebound Happy Hour. Stream or download episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it. Give our Facebook page a like at Homebound Happy Hour and follow on Instagram at Homebound Happy Hour Podcast.